and toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have there for you completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. As always, there's a lot to discuss here tonight. And joining you in the studio, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right. So, uh, again, 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. Uh, But in the news, we mentioned recently the uh, fact that, I think you said it was last night maybe, Mark, uh, certainly very recently, that there have been more suicides in this, I guess, conflict over in Iraq slash Afghanistan than there have been actually uh, deaths on the battlefield. Is that correct? Yeah, well, that's that's what I've heard, and I've heard it multiple times in the last year. Well, now there's news out of uh, Colleen, Texas at uh, MySanAntonio.com, where Sergeant First Class Gregory Eugene Giger was a tall, quiet Texan even after his wife filed for divorce while he was in Iraq, says his mom. Still, he was devastated. She said, the only thing that I know is when she sued for divorce, she charged him with $2,000 a month child support and insisted that he pay half of the house. And by the time she got through charging him, how the him, heck can a guy pay that? Uh, by the time she got through charging him with various things, he had very little money left over, not even hardly enough to pay for his rent. Authorities found Giger, 42, of Houston, dead in his apartment near Fort Hood, hanging by necktie. He was one of at least 22 GIs from that very post to commit suicide in 2010. The Fort Hood mark is a new record for the post and contributed to the Army's worst year for suicides. There was, however, a sign of hope in the grim tally. Slightly fewer active-duty soldiers died by their own hand compared with 2009. But there was bad news, too. The number of suicides in the National Guard and the Army Reserve rose sharply. The Army's So people that didn't expect to be over in Iraq for a very long time when you sign up for the National Guard. Or at Guard, all. Yeah. <laughs> you sign up for the National Guard, you don't expect to leave the country. The unit I was in went to uh, to Iraq, uh, I guess, about two years after I was out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're an artillery unit. They were sent to guard duty, basically, just to give them a rifle and stand there and guard, I guess. But you were actually in the Army. Yes. Well, I was in the Army National Guard. Oh, I see. I yes. didn't realize that. Yes. In the Wisconsin Army National Guard. And you managed to escape prior to uh, the assignment. Yes, exactly. That's good. Very fortunate. Yes, uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about the suicides here, and according to the story, the two, the 22 suicides that happened at Fort Hood in the last year alone doubled the amount that happened in 2009 and was eight more than Fort Bragg, North Carolina. The Army's chief of staff, uh, General Chirelli, told the San Antonio Express News that suicides at or near the fort have increased as more soldiers have been returning from combat. Uh, the post-traumatic stress. I've uh, you know watched several uh, videos on this and uh, seen and heard, heard reports on NPR and stuff like that. It's amazing what happens to these guys because you know people tend to lump veterans all together. Um, you know, JJ, I'm sure they call you a veteran, right? I, I guess. Yeah, I, people call you a veteran, but you know, I mean, you haven't hoisted a. I haven't uh, been in uh, combat. Uh, uh, right, you haven't been a, an infantry in combat or whatever the term is, and right. you know. Uh, so people tend to lump the veterans all together, but there's very different circumstances these people deal with. And when you t- when you hear some of the stories about um, you know these guys in these uh, battle situations, this isn't the good guys and the bad guys lined up on a hillside somewhere, you know, lobbing bullets at each other. This is in in cities and towns with uh, children and women. Uh, they're getting caught in the crossfire. It's uh, you know, I mean, so here you have a kid with a bullet in his chest, uh, you know, blowing 
pulling uh, air out of his chest uh, and blood and, and guts and stuff out of his chest while you're trying to fight off the bad guy? Which one do you take care of, the kid or the bad guy? I mean, you know, it's 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 got to be terrible and uh, and really shocking. Well, also something guys. to consider is that the, the professional fighting force that the Army once was is not the same anymore. They had to lower the standards for letting people in. More than once. Uh, many times in order to meet recruitment efforts. So you'll have people that shouldn't have been in there either because they didn't score high enough on a test or they had psychological problems or they were uh, a gang member or some uh, prison uh, gang affiliation sort of thing because they do background checks, of course. And so this has lowered not only the, the overall you know preparedness and readiness of the forces, but the individual units that have a lot of these problem uh members are just suffering because of it. Yeah, it absolutely is the case. And, of course, things aren't getting better for the, the U.S. military over time. As, as you pointed out, they've had to lower those standards over and over again to the point where they're really, like, letting the guys that can't, can barely shoot straight into the military. Well, you know, I, I really wonder about the mental condition of somebody who isn't mentally damaged when they go into the, one of these combat situations and see some of the stuff that I've, I've heard about. I mean, you know, I don't I mean, what does it take not to be damaged? Like, be a psychopath, maybe? I, I mean, you know, I, I just wonder. According to the story here, the Pentagon has launched mental health and suicide prevention programs, created an army task force in hopes of turning the tide in 2000, instead of, you know, stopping the crazy fighting. We're just going to create a task force and uh, talk to people. Uh, In 2008, the Army began a five-year study with the National Institute of Mental Health. Research effort examines risk and resilience factors associated with suicides. A new military research consortium will test and develop interventions. So far, however, little has changed. The vast majority of the victims were men, with the bulk of the soldiers coming from the lower enlisted ranks. Eighteen of last year's 301 suicides were women prompting uh, the bureaucrat to tell reporters on Wednesday that resiliency among females in some cases seems to be higher than for men. He said that could explain why well, we I would a- I would suggest that, uh, and I don't know, I'm just drawing a conclusion here, I would suggest that fewer women are in combat than men, too, from as a percentage. Yeah, right. I, I'd guess that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. Usually women aren't in the combat, combat MOSs. They aren't allowed, so... But the I, I just saw a story not too long ago about them reconsidering the fact that women should be allowed to, to hoist more of a combat role along with their male counterparts. I've heard women are in support roles, and sometimes that can mean gunner on a helm uh, V or something like that. Like if in a supply group. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if they got one Humvee and it's close, she's going to be the one who's on the gun, uh, you know, and and that's the way, you know, that's the way it is. I think you're onto something because the next point here is that uh, it's time in the war zone that is a big factor in the deaths. Roughly two out of three of the active duty soldiers committing suicide have gone to war, while nearly half of all guardsmen have fought. But all other issues are in play, including depression, alcohol, and drug abuse, which, of course, I'd be darn depressed if I was like this guy and I didn't have my kids anymore, my kid anymore either. I sure. Mean, so, I mean, you have you have two, two well, I guess three big fac- factors. I think men are more likely to be alcoholics than women. Um, men are more likely really? to. Yeah, I, those are the numbers I've seen. Hmm. I mean, I don't I don't know what the societal reasons for that are, are or whatever. Uh, men are more likely to lose their kids in a divorce and men are more likely to be the ones in combat. Yep. And uh, so and of course, if you're in combat, and you're seeing all these horrors and then you have all the extra things happen to you, like the wife divorcing you, then that might lead to depression. That might lead to alcohol and drug abuse, which is going to you know, not help your your problems. Uh, and it's the war that uh, led to the divorce in yeah. general because the guy's away. 
I've also failed or failing relationships, financial woes, and legal and disciplinary troubles. So you know, there's more to the story. Uh, you can go to mysanantonio.com to get the full piece. But I thought it was important to bring that up because we had mentioned it recently, and it's still a problem. Apparently, the total number down slightly from 2009, the total number of suicides, um, but uh, at that one particular fort, it had doubled. So it's still still a big, big problem amongst the, the ranks of these these poor people that are are being forced to fight in the name of a bunch of politicians well you know they um when you use the term force they had the opportunity to sign up you know as a volunteer it's just once they're in there and they see what happens then what do they do you've got situations where guys shoot themselves in the foot in order to not go back you know all kinds of things well, of course I mean, maybe how awful must a place be in order for you to shoot yourself in the foot not to go back well this is one of those areas that i kind of agree with ron paul of as far as government supplied health care, like the people coming back from these war, uh, the 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 people in this country unfortunately owe them that obligation. Not you know, unfortunately we're going to have to pay for it, and there's a lot of problems that we should be paying for, but they're not getting the care they need. The money isn't there for the funding in the veteran hospitals and the uh, the post traumatic stress syndrome sort of counseling methods, and so a lot of these people aren't getting the help they 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 richly desi- uh, deserve. For so what they've done, I I um, have just a small. I, I, I largely agree. Just a small. Uh, you know, I just want to shave a little bit off that point. I don't owe them anything because I didn't send them over there. Yeah, I didn't hire. I, them. I agree. However, it's not really going to make a difference because I'm not going to stop paying taxes because I don't want to uh, not go to prison and you know not see my family anymore. So I do think that uh, the government owes them. Right, there's, there's more coming up here. Your thoughts are welcome. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where you'll find the features are completely free. And there are a bunch of archives there, in fact. A lot of them going all the way back to late 2006. You can get the last week's worth at the, the very top of the page, and then you click into the archives section to go way back. All of it is completely free, and the archives are brought to you by our friends over at HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name or .anything. Sign up with HostGator, you get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, free domain transfers, 24-7 technical support, 45-day money-back guarantee. And if you use the portal that we've created, that's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. They've got all kinds of tools to help you build your website. They make it easy for you at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, so 800-259-9231 is the number here. Uh, we started out talking about the, uh, the military suicides. There's a lot in the news. You're welcome to comment on that or bring up anything you want. Uh, still to come here tonight... Mark, you're going to tell us at some point about a uh, shot through the border. Somebody was murdered on by, was it a cop? 
shot border. a kid border across the border. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. But first, to Massachusetts, uh, where JJ is going to share with us a crazy story about government regulation gone amok. And of course, Massachusetts is the right place for this to happen. Indeed, Massachusetts restaurants prep for food allergy law on qsrweb.com. As of February 1, all Massachusetts restaurants will be required to have a certified food protection manager on staff. The National Restaurant Association. All re- hold on, <laughs> all restaurants. Every single restaurant, no matter how big or small, it's a restaurant. Wow. We'll have the the uh, National Restaurant Association and the Massachusetts Restaurant Association jointly unveiled an approved program to help re- restaurants comply with the state's restaurant allergy awareness law that was passed in 2009. The food production manager must have completed allergen awareness training through a program recognized by the Massachusetts Department of Public Health. Certifications must be renewed every five years. The state health department approved the NRA, MRA, Massachusetts Allergen Training Program, which includes a 30-minute online training video developed by the Food Allergen and Anaphylaxis Network. The program covers various types of food allergies, the consequences of cross-contamination, and the necessary precautions to take when serving guests with food allergens. Managers also learned what steps to take if guests experience a reaction. Additionally, these managers, according to the Boston Channel, are responsible for teaching the restaurant staff about serving customers with food allergies and minimizing mistakes. They are also expected to personally serve food to guests with allergies. As the law rolls into place, <laughs> restaurants are so encouraged the, to avoid... the manager has to be the one to serve the food to, the, to somebody who yes. comes in with allergies. If, yes. They're required to have an inspector, a food allergy inspector on site? The, yes. All, at all times? And it's a 30-minute video. What's that mean? Right, well, it's a... It's an, they're not saying that they have to hire a new staff member. They're saying that they an existing to, staff member needs to go through this government training oh, once every goodness. five years and pay that fee to help protect the people that can't eat peanuts or whatever it is that uh, that the issue is. Now, when you look at this, it sounds like uh, well, this is a good thing. I mean, people are getting sick; they have allergies. We want to make sure that people are are healthy. We want to make sure that they're not getting sick at a at a restaurant they go and visit. Who could be opposed to something like this? Well, I think the small businesses that have one or two people on staff, and then now they have to pay this additional fee and have this additional uh, noose waiting to go around their neck for the next inspector that comes around asking to see some certificates. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sort of stuff. Imagine the bureaucrats thinking, well, if we need to make money for our budget shortfalls, let's charge every single restaurant, you know, what is it, $100, $200 to certify every five years. Does it say in there what the, the uh, I'm the not seeing is? the actual price. I imagine it would depend. Cause it's probably going to a couple couple hundred bucks. Well, it would have to be right. Yeah, the approved program. I'm sure the free market will come up with uh, approved programs, but they all have to fit this one, you know, the law. As far as the law dictates, they have to watch this video. Or it has to cover these details. And so I'm sure there's money to be made here. And it's another example of the government intervening in small businesses in a way that will prevent them from from expanding, adding employees, and that sort of stuff. And also, in this instance, doesn't it require the person to come in and alert the restaurant that, hey, I have this food allergy? Because otherwise, how are you supposed to know yes, who's got a actually, food allergy? Further down in the article, it, the part of the law requires that before placing your order, please inform your server if a person in your party has a food allergy. So now, now basically, they're taking the due diligence of the consumer going about and ordering food from a place that they know they won't get any allergy problems, and they're putting it in the hands and the liability in the hands of the restaurant and, and just letting, letting uh, whatever lawsuits happen because of that or whatever litigation will come about 
when the uh, the consumer doesn't do their job in, in picking the right place to get their food from. So the worst part of this seems to be, you know, it's it's one thing to make a you know mom and pop restaurant uh, send them out a uh, videotape and say, hey, watch this, and mm-hmm. it's another thing to charge them two hundred dollars for their certification to watch this. But a half an hour video that you saw six months ago, or Two years ago, I don't know how long it's going to be. Said it was a five-year window that this. Yes, every five years. So every five years, you watch a a thirty-minute video on how to deal with somebody mm-hmm. with uh, food allergies. How helpful is that really going to be? I mean, that's a long time ago to be able to remember the specifics. Well, Mark, think of it this way, though. Think about a lot of restaurants, especially some of these small fast food chains or the small buildings. I suppose the chains could be rather large, but anyway, their turnaround rate. You oh, know, yeah. you know they're going to need to recertify a new person every time this person quits to go to uh, college or leaves their summer job for high school or whatever it is. And here, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases estimates that food allergy occurs in six to eight percent of children four years of age or under, and in three point seven percent of adults. So all of this extra work for this small small percentage of people who should realize that they have a food allergy, who should who should apply their due diligence. Right. Some people, as I understand it, die from getting anywhere, you know, like inhaling peanut dust. And, yeah. you know, I can only... Uh, I, I mean, it's obviously the extreme end of it. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, but well, I can, if, I if mean, you go into Five Guys Burgers, right outside, have you been there recently? I haven't We've recently, got a new chain here in Keene. It's, it's, I, I really enjoy the burger. It's good. The fries it's okay. are good. But uh, as far as my own opinion, obviously, yeah. but yeah, you uh, get to have one. they advertise it right at the window. We have peanuts. We use peanut oil. And it's it's very clear as soon as you walk in that if you have a peanut allergy, this is not the place you want to be. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, I just wonder about if you have a severe peanut allergy, it seems to me you really can't go too many places. And is it the responsibility of the business to try to determine who has what types of allergies? You know, like, well, what kind of allergies well, no, could they possibly not, have? They're not saying it's the responsibility of the business. It's the responsibility of the consumer to, to alert them. Otherwise, they would have no idea. They're not going to ask you if you have any food allergies. Although, who knows? Maybe that'll be the next regulation where the, the server has to ask every single table. And does anyone here have any food allergies? You know, before they actually uh, place the order, like I support safety. Well, I think that that uh, cleanliness is a good thing, and that food should be prepped certainly. in an appropriate way. There are what they call. I know that there there are at least one certification out there called Serve Safe in the food industry, and in a lot of cases, certainly in the corporate chains, there's a, a requirement that if you're going to be a franchise, say of you know an Arrow Bread or something like that, that you have to have this Serve Safe certification, and that your employees have to go through it, so they know not to do certain things that are you know common mistakes of people that are doing food prep. And I would imagine there's some sort of a, an allergy addressing that goes on in there, but they're trying to target every single business here as though there's this rash of problems with people. Getting sick. I want to come back more with more. Of course, we'll take your calls as well at 800 259 It's free talk. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This 
anything you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where you'll find that the features are completely free. We've got a mobile site. Go to m.freetalklive.com to get quick access to the live streams as well as our podcast. Go to m.freetalklive.com. Are you on any prescription medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your prescription medications at discounts as high as 70% off, and they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com, click Become a Member on the left-hand side of the page. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step of the way. You'll save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Maybe you work in the food service industry and you've got some comments on what's happening in Massachusetts where this is is going through, right, JJ? This isn't a proposal. This law was passed in 2009. It's coming into effect February 1st. So every single restaurant in Massachusetts will have to have essentially somebody who has gone through this state-approved certification process. Certainly. The restaurant restaurateur, the owner, will have to pay however much it's going to be for this five-year certification, which consists of basically watching a 30-minute video. That's about it, yeah. As far as I can tell from looking at it, it's a 30-minute video. They print out a certificate, and that's it. Now, the, the, other, the other problem that I see here... And a it, point of information, this is going to have to be... This person, this, uh, what, what do they call it? The food safety or food allergen supervisor or something like that? Um, it's basically all about food allergies. Exactly. Uh, and this certified this, food manager, this certified food manager will have to be on site at all business during all business hours. So they're going to have to certify multiple people. Right. Because if one manager is sick, uh, they're going to have to make sure that somebody else can come in. So they're going to have to certify several Every of shift their must be covered. Right, several employees just to make sure that all the shifts and all the hours are covered. You pointed out something really important, and that is that. They're not only going to have to pay those costs, but they're going to have to have these ongoing costs throughout the five years where people it's the food business. People leave. They come and they go. That's right. I mean, if you've known people that have been in the food service business, it's very rare that you have. While there are people who are kind of professionals and have been doing it for their whole lives, it's very rare that uh, you you encounter those people. Usually it's a lot of college age people, uh, people that are in right. high school. I was school. in the food service industry. I'm not anymore. Right. People that are maybe younger on in their lives and they, they move on. They go on to do other things or they or they just hop around from restaurant to restaurant. So frequently you, you, you are seeing people change out. So there's going to be continuing ongoing costs involved in this. And also I'm sorry, the, I interrupted you. You're yeah. Also, they have to they have to print this out. They have to print out that warning about pla- before placing an order. Please inform your server if you or you are a person in your party has a food allergy. Put that on the menu. On all menus, printed menus, materials, takeout materials, website catering menus. Uh, the quick service restaurants, the ones with just a billboard, can put it on the board or a conspicuous statement. And I think in this this other article, I found that the key paragraph is very simple. Local health inspectors will check restaurants for compliance with the new regulation and training rules. So it's it's one of those deals where, uh, you know, everybody has to have this, and you know, you can just get you get your daily fine if you don't have this uh, this inspection uh, requirement met when the inspector comes calling. And you know, you have a lot of petty things that happen in restaurants. I know I worked in several restaurants when I was very young. You have a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers, a lot of petty people who would, you know, the, the kind of people that would quit and then say, well, get, call in the inspector and say, look, they don't have a food guy there. You should go check them out because mm-hmm. I just quit, you know, or some BS like that. I know that's happened. I've heard of heard of it, sure. not my friends specifically, but through friends, 
about little stupid things like that. I consider this right up on the same level with the, the mandates that you can't allow smoking in your restaurant. It's, it's right there. It's not going to affect as many people, but it's, it's the same kind of idea that we must do this for the best interests of everyone. But I don't it, know that it's going to achieve any of that. I mean, I suppose the intention is to do some educating on allergens to, to servers and, and mm-hmm. you know, at least have one key person in the restaurant. But I don't think that a half an hour video is going to be very uh, educational. And I don't think people are going to remember it. And as far as I'm concerned, the responsibility t- pretty much lies in the uh, the hands of the person with the allergy. I agree because you with that. never know what could possibly a person be al- um, allergic to. I mean, are you going to t- uh, next? Are they going to mandate that uh, seafood places not serve shellfish? Well, the, no. The responsibility is in the hands of the person who is uh, is the customer, or is the person with the allergy, or the family members of the people, the, the kids with the allergies. It's in their uh, their hands, and that's where it should end. That's where this should end. I mean, they, they should be able to go into a restaurant and do whatever investigation they need to to say, "Hey, are you certified to handle uh, somebody with an allergy, with a peanut allergy?" And if the manager gives them this blank stare. Uh, perhaps not. Oh no. Well, then, okay, we're going to go somewhere else and let the market make these decisions because you're, you're still. You mentioned JJ that there's only a few percentage points of people that are affected by this. That's right. But most restaurants that want to serve the public do want to serve all the public, and they're going to want to have this knowledge and this ability. I would think we were talking about ServeSafe before, which is a private certification. You went to their website. And they do offer the certification for uh, food safety as far as allergens are concerned. Yep. So it would just simply be a matter of, again, buyer beware. The people come in, they say, hey, are you certified for, can you show me your certification for handing, uh, handling food well, with allergies? Well, and not only that, but I don't know how much of a problem they're solving. I haven't heard of, of too many issues of, of food allergies in at all, to be honest. You know, there hasn't been so many claims well, made against restaurants in my personal experience i haven't seen any here's what um here's where i think it stems from is i have heard uh as a justification for folk or for for voting for or supporting a no smoking in restaurants and public places bill i've heard people say well my friend uh, my, my my cousin my baby cousin or my do- uh, my daughter or my uh, little brother has uh, you know severe asthma and because of it they ha- they can't go to the bowling alley because they smoke in the bowling alley so i'm going to support this no smoking in public places thing so that my little brother can have a normal life and go to a bowling alley and i think that this is the suggestion that restaurants are part of a normal life and that people with allergies should be able to have a normal life and therefore it is incumbent upon me if I open a business and say to the public okay you can come in here and do business with me that somehow or another I'm responsible for all the problems that another person might have. That I've got to have the, uh, the 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 ramp, the wheelchair lift, the uh, the bathroom that's like three times too large. Yep. Um, you know that all these things. And I'm not saying that businesses can't compete in that arena. They can if they want. But I just think that there are. You know, there are businesses out there that can, um, that, that have, you know, neat little spaces. You know, you have to, you have to go up this little fire escape to get there, or it's, it's down in a basement someplace. Right. And, they usually get grandfathered in. And, you know, well, yeah, but at some point or another, those grandfather things are going to go away. They're not going to have, you know, they're not going to be able to do it anymore. There's a bit, there's a business location in Keene that used to be a barber shop that's now shut down. Why? Because the last business that was there, you know, it went out of business as businesses tend to. They're all they all have cycles mm-hmm. and they couldn't open a new one there. 
Yeah, I just, I just, it's not that I'm against this concept. I'm just against mandating the concept. Yes. I think that uh, it seems to me, and I agree with you, JJ, that the, the marketplace has handled this fine so far. The people that, that have these problems are aware they have these problems and they know what steps to take. They don't need the government to to uh, you know to do this for them. Every every person I've went to a restaurant with that I've known has a food allergy. They ask right out when they I talk to they the do. person. They say, "Do you use these kind of food? Do you use you know is this? Do you sell this or do you serve this? Do you mix this in with this?" And, and they do their job. And usually the to server's like, themselves. "Duh." <laughs> I yeah, don't the server will or, or answer you, but in some cases, the uh, the cook or whoever does the food prep will will come and answer the question or the manager in some cases, but. They're, the the business is more than happy to accommodate these people, but I think the people are, are doing a good enough job already of, of doing their part in informing the business and asking the questions and following through with their own personal responsibility. Yeah, it's just another, I think, I think you're absolutely right, it's just another layer of regulation, another fee, another fine, another uh, license for these business owners to pay out, which of course means they have to charge more for the food that they're... <laughs> Because any any additional costs, they've got it. They're not going to just eat it. They're going to pass it along right. to their customers. And the, the margins on food aren't particularly high already, so they pretty much can't eat it. They're going to have to pass it along. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Maybe you think we're all wrong on this one, and you're certainly welcome to call in to share your thoughts or bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. When is rape not rape? When a cop does it. We'll explain uh, what happened here in a little bit. 800-259-9231 is the number here. We're going to go to your phone calls about anything, but want to invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can know that uh, the the show, of course, and the website, we give that stuff to you for free. But if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier uh, over at amp.freetalklive.com. And you can do it for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing new Internet listeners on board as well. Uh, you get perks like access to the AMP only call in lines, the AMP only forum podcast and more. Get the details, get signed up with any major credit card or PayPal over at amp.freetalklive.com. If you like Taryn Lupo's history pieces on the LCL report, then check out his new historical fiction novel, Pirates of Savannah. It's an adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the low country. It's at its heart is a tale of prisoners, refugees, and society's casts off, all joining together to escape from government tyranny and discover a path to liberty on the open seas. Pirates of dot com. It is available in PDF format. You can download it under the Kindle thing, or you can uh, get the audio book. Um, it's they're giving he's giving it away for free. If you enjoy uh, enjoy the book, you can contribute at Pirates of dot com. All right, so let's take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. David is in Wales. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Jay, uh, Ian, JJ, and Mark. 
Hello? David? You're on the air. Hi. Um, I just you were talking about the smoking ban, right? We were. Well, we mentioned the smoking is- ban. Yeah, it's a, it's a popular idea amongst uh, the government people around this uh, this country, and I don't know about the rest of the world. Yeah, that that's a. You do know that's a law that that comes from the United Nations, right? Uh, no, I, I didn't know that. There were different uh, different laws around the country. Uh, they've been passing at various different rates across the different states, and yeah, they affect different things. Some of them it's not aff- nationwide right uh, right now. No, some of them affect. Uh, are you suggesting it's like boilerplate stuff that they passed down and the the states picked it up? No, um, what I'm saying is a global agenda, and um, they passed that law here. And have you ever, have you ever heard of the a, a British pub? Have you ever heard of a British pub? Sure. Yeah. Um, they're all closing all across all, all across the, uh, Britain right now. Really? Because because they they, they passed a law that banned uh, smoking in public places, which includes basically pubs. Wow. When did this they're, uh, they're when all, did this law go into effect? Uh, two thousand and very recently, I think in two thousand and four. I could Jeez. be wrong. <laughs> and you're saying so, they're they're now going out of business? Yeah, they're basically collapsing. I mean, you can walk around, you can walk around streets in Britain and you can see empty pubs. And bars and clubs and whatever you want to call. So where are people going to drink? Are they just if people just drinking at home, or is it just that uh, that the, the the pubs that are kind of on the fringe have of maybe their business wasn't as successful? They're the ones that are falling off, and some of them are still around. Um, what the people who are uh, surviving are the big conglomerates, um, like um, what's called um, um, how can I explain um, the big parent companies? If you know what I'm saying, they've got multiple chains. Of pubs, they survive because they can take they can take the the, the cost, the damage that's done because of the drop in numbers. Here's a but I, I found an article from the Associated Press that kind of backs up what he's saying. The uh, United Nations in 2007 uh, issued its strongest policy recommendations for controlling tobacco use, urging all countries to ban smoking at indoor workplaces and in public buildings. Well, and I tell you, Florida did it before uh, <laughs> that 2007. Too, yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, and the European Union is underneath the UN, as you know. Mm-hmm. And the head of the European Union, the, the president Van Rompuy, he says that the European Union is what's called global governance. So it accelerates the process, and because of because Britain is part of the EU, it, 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 the, the law gets fast tracked. And it's been, as I said, it's passed the law very recently, and that's just killed off any places where you can smoke and drink alcohol at the same time. It's unfortunate. It's basically, that, yeah. Uh, so if they pass that law, in, if the Fed passed the law in America. Say goodbye to pubs, bars, you name it. Do you know if people are starting up speakeasies or sort of uh, private, uh, quiet little clubs where they serve alcohol and smoke cigarettes sort of thing? Are you um, familiar with this at all? No, no, because um, it, it, it includes all areas of public... Well, no, these would be private clubs that uh, you would have to know about in order to get in there. Right, Speakeasy like someone's, typically... someone's cellar or, or some someone's shed that they, they use for a, a sort of private little... Uh, clandestine uh, bar or pub, if you will? Um, if they, someone tried that, they'd get caught and they'd just basically get fined. And, well, uh, maybe they nice. would get caught. I mean, certainly some speakeasies did get caught in the uh, days of alcohol prohibition, uh, but some of them probably were very successful without getting caught. Anyway, thanks for bringing that to our attention. appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. It's unfortunate. Uh, it is, and it is true. Uh, bars in this country have seen a reduction in business from the the smoker crowd. Yeah, you know, it's um it was 
It happened here in Keene. They uh, they made it so that bars couldn't uh, you couldn't smoke in bars. Isn't and that all of New Hampshire they did I that. Think it, yes, uh, but I, I live in um, here, gotcha. so that's that's my experience. Um, and you know there were bars in town that didn't have smoking. Applebee's, I imagine nationwide, I don't know for certain, doesn't allow smoking mm-hmm. or didn't allow smoking. They had people that would come in there and drink and sit and watch the TV and sure. you know do whatever it is people do in the evenings um, at these places. I I think Chili's was the same way. But, but it's it, a market failure, Mark. That's what the, the advocates of this would say. This is a market failure because the market doesn't care about people's health. The market doesn't care. Well, the, these business the owners are willing that, to allow people to just ruin their health, and they're willing to just play right into their hand. The market cares about uh, meeting people's desires as well as their needs. And I would agree that uh, you know, health is an important need, but you know, you're going to die of something well, I think a lot of people, if they if they knew of a smoky bar that they didn't like to go to because it was so smoky, they'd find a different restaurant or a different bar or a different pub to go to. I, I mean, don't want to go to a restaurant where they smoke. Honestly, I don't want to eat my eggs and right. bacon in so a place would, where somebody's smoking next right. to me. But but obviously, the alternative having alternatives is yeah. is the what the market is best at. I think just a blanket one size fits all strategy has failed in so many other approaches. Why should it, it succeed now? Well, I mean, it is succeeding in that uh, people are obediently stopping folks from smoking in their restaurants. I mean, it's succeeding from that point, but it's also succeeding in reducing the choices in the marketplace, as David pointed out, because these businesses are going under. So there are fewer places to uh, to enjoy a uh, a beverage, an alcoholic beverage, to uh, fewer places to uh, to go out and and go to eat because some of them have fallen off because the the smokers were a good portion of their business and they were willing to cater to them in the same way that. Applebee's or whoever is willing to cater to the non-smoking crowd. But that's not good enough for the do-gooders out there that have this vision of, you know, an America, or in this case, as David's pointing out, the, the whole world, the whole world just stopping smoking. We need to do everything we possibly can to help save people from themselves. That's really what it comes down to, is this, this attitude that we know what's best, and we're going to go ahead and tell you how to run your business so that you how can to run adopt our ideas and how to run your life. Sure. You know, and I agree. Quitting smoking, uh, not smoking, those are good things. I'm absolutely for that stuff. However, I don't think the right way to go about it is to, you know, mandate the behavior because there's a lot of things I don't think are a good idea. I don't think drinking high or consuming high fructose corn syrup is that great of an idea. I don't think MSG is that great of an idea. I don't think aspartame is that great of an idea. I don't think that fatty foods are that great of an idea. I don't think lots of these things are great ideas. I'm not going to tell you how what you're going to consume and how you're going to live your life, though. Pretty soon, you've got the real live nanny state. Oh, yeah. You know, if I opened a bar, I likely would not allow people to smoke in it just because that's not the kind of bar that I would want to work in and I would be working in the bar. So, you know, that's how I'd run it. But that's my business, not anybody else's. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Linda in Washington. Linda, you're on Free Talk Live, the NJJ and Mark. Ah, this is so opportune because I quit. Uh, this is just a, 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 as a precursor now, but I quit smoking. Congratulations. Uh, a three pack, three pack habit oh. on a two day fast. But this is just the beginning. Fasting changes re- reality. It can change our timeline. It can change what? this whole mess the world is on because it makes you quit the way you see things. Um, 
Yeah, know, I know that was, when I'm uh, when no I haven't eaten will- for four or five hours, I start to feel differently. Like, yeah, uh, there was no willpower involved. In fact, it was so thorough that ten years later, I said, "Oh, I forgot all about it. I quit smoking ten years ago." It was never a reality. So again. you you quit smoking so, while you also were uh, on a fast, is what you're saying? No, right? I didn't smoke on the fast. I went on a two day fast, and I was so filled with oxygen in the hills. It was never a reality to me. Uh, the idea of smoking or marijuana. Well, in the first place, plants feel pain too. You don't want to burn plants. plants on. But the main thing, the, its main value, you if know, agriculture. Pain and, uh, thank you for the call tonight, by the way. I appreciate it. Uh, if plants feel pain and animals feel pain, then what are you supposed to eat? Well, this is where Dick Gregory with his Tonarian. Uh, thank you for the resi- call. I appreciate hearing from you. 800 259 9231. I wasn't asking her. <laughs> you can bring up anything, take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that, in 2011, we'll witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family. Now, this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but he's usually right. He predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at endofamerica.com. 19.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, it's endofamerica19.com. That's the numeral 19. That's endofamerica, the numeral 19.com. program you can dial in toll free take control of the airwaves bring up anything you want 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com we give you the features on the site completely free so enjoy those on us again that's freetalklive.com so when is rape not a rape well it's when a cop performs the act According to, again, MySanAntonio.com, a former San Antonio police officer accused of raping a transsexual prostitute while on duty was ordered Tuesday to spend a year in jail. Attorneys for Craig Nash, age 39, had asked a state district judge, Lori Valenzuela, for deferred adjudication probation or yeah, deferred adjudication probation during the brief sentencing hearing pointing out that he otherwise had been commended for his service during his six years with the department. So right. other, other than raping that A transsexual tranny, prostitute, prostitute. Yeah, I'm not even sure how to refer to the, uh, the individual. Um, rather than, you know, besides raping that person, you know, I've, I've done a great job. And, you know, this is, this is an excuse that will simply not hold water for the rest of us. Right? I always showed up on time. At my at my job, I must be a good guy. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with it, just the job. Yeah. But, I mean, even if you say, look, uh, you know, so what if I murdered that guy, raped that girl, uh, robbed that house, blah, 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 blah. I, um, you know, I was a Sunday school teacher. I did volunteer work at the uh, Red Cross, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I was Sorry. just killing little boys in the meantime. You know, what's the big deal, right? 
according to the story here, prosecutors sought a maximum one-year sentence, not for a rape charge, but for what they call official oppression. Now, this is because of a plea deal, of course. Uh, the official oppression charge, a Class A misdemeanor. It's part of a plea agreement. Nash waived an indictment last month and pleaded guilty to the misdemeanor. In exchange, prosecutors agreed not to pursue a felony charge of sexual assault by a police officer, which had a maximum sentence of life in prison. So, like, on the books, there is this particular charge in which, you know, it would have been really, really serious uh, that has to do specifically with the police using their power over somebody and uh, forcing themselves on someone sexually. But they said, no, no, we'll just, you just plead, plead guilty and we'll give you an official oppression charge. You can sit in the pokey for a little while and uh, we'll let you out. The thin blue line strikes back. Nash also agreed never again to work as a police officer in Texas. So he just moved to uh, Arkansas or something like that. Mm, yeah. there. Uh, police Chief William McManus had indefinitely suspended Nash, the equivalent of firing him last March, and said the accusation had arrived as a hard slap to the face of the other officers. Officers should be held to a, a higher standard, said the prosecutor, of his request for jail time. Which, well, if that's true, then why wouldn't you Pursue truly the, prosecute Yes, exactly. A police officer who is a criminal doesn't deserve mercy from the system he serves to protect. This is the prosecutor saying this, who is the same guy that offered him a plea bargain. Nash was arrested last sure, February. Sure, that's the guy. He's going to be running for an office. He doesn't want to yeah. have any uh, you know quotes out there that make it sound like he's you know for giving leniency to bad cops. Nash was arrested last February after the victim, currently serving time in a male state jail facility for prostitution. I wonder how long there. I wonder what the disparity is there in the sentences. I'm just curious, like how much time is she he spending uh, time in jail for prostitution versus his year in jail yeah, for the, right. the rape. Uh, reported that she had just been held captive and uh, raped by the officer. She'd been picked up by Nash at Guadalupe and Zamora Streets early that morning and handcuffed in the back of the patrol car. She then was told to lie down as Nash drove to an unknown location where she was forced to commit multiple sex acts, she reported. Now, you were just asking the other day, Mark, how often does this stuff happen? How how common is this experience for people to have the police force themselves on them sexually or cut them a deal if they'll just give them a BJ or something like that. Right. I mean, I don't think we ever can could know because a if uh, if it's a cut uh, if it's a deal cut in exchange for a favor, then how would you know would would you tell you know mm. if some hot female cop says, "Hey, Mark, I'll let you get out of this ticket if you do X, X, and Y." I probably won't tell. So, um, you know, I mean, how many? Obviously, you're never going to know how many times that kind of official oppression is uh, um, is is done. Odds are slim; it's going to be a hot female yeah, cop it's, or a hot it's any never cop. Never going to happen, yeah. right? It's never going to happen um, to me. I, you know, only in a porn when boom, yeah. is going to happen. <laughs> oh, after. You're going to hear that afterwards. But uh, the, you know, if if it's a situation where somebody is truly coerced. Then, um, not to say that the other situation isn't coercion, because it is, because they're being threatened with a ticket um, or time in jail or whatever it is that they're being threatened with. Mm-hmm. But if if it's a case where somebody's like truly co- coerced, then you know you're not sure whether you're going to be believed or not. I can tell you if that you know if if I you know walk into the Keene Police Department and say, "Hey, that female officer sexually harassed me," they're going to giggle at me. So you might look at this case and say, well, maybe if this prosecutor is really so gung-ho to get the police, you know, to, to really hold them to a higher standard as he says that he is interested in doing. Well, saying and doing are two completely different things. Clearly, he doesn't care about any standard, but getting this past him. Well, you might speculate and say, 
well, maybe he's just maybe he realizes that there's a, a real a real poor case here, and and he just wants to get the conviction. Uh, maybe if it went to trial, something would fall through. There would be you know a hole in the evidence that was just. Maybe he just knows there's a missing point in this case, but that's not the case here. It seems like it's a pretty solid case. DNA taken from a rape kit later linked the cop to the complainant, according to court records. Wow. The woman picked Nash out in a police lineup, and GPS tracking of his patrol unit was consistent with what she said, according to the documents. It's open and shut right there. Why? I, you know, why didn't he prosecute to the fullest, fullest extent and hold him to that standard? Yeah. You know, this, this news speak, this double talk... I think people just need to call him on it more often, the people who engage in this behavior, and call him out. Absolutely. Although, not that, not the, not to say that putting this cop in jail for the rest of his life is a, a real good solution to the problem either. The real solution would be some form of restitution to the victim, and I don't see anything in this story about that. The guy's going to sit, whether he's sitting in jail for the rest of his life or he's sitting in jail for a year, that doesn't do anything at all to essentially make that person whole. Obviously, in a case like murder or rape, there's very little that uh, you can never really truly be whole again after something like that happens to you. Uh, maybe, Maybe you could say it just depends on how you look at it, but... I think a lot of people would agree that that's pr- that's a pretty tough thing to uh, to recover from being raped, and, uh, and well, so- I think in this circumstance, probably the fact that the person was a, a crossdresser or transsexual—I'm not sure what the term is um, or what the circumstance of that person is—I c- kind of have an idea what the terms are, but mm-hmm. I don't know what the specifics are with this person. And the fact that uh, she is a prostitute probably weighs on their minds. You know, whose minds? the people who are making the decision as to what uh you know the sentence should be and mm, in that no, I case see what of, you're saying. uh you know when when you're talking about i guess you know when i think about restitution for uh rape i think of restitution for rape on a uh you know a 12 year old girl as being different than i would think on a prostitute a person who sells sex for a living why would you think that i mean she wasn't being a prostitute in this case because um she she has a price. Like you know what you know what the price for sex is. And if everybody has a price, I, fine. I, you know, right? Well, and, you, you, you also use a twelve year old girl who generally twelve year old girls aren't prostitutes and generally aren't expected to have sex either. I think that's kind of a. I mean, clearly there's a difference between a child getting raped and an adult. I agree, and the restitution probably would be different in those cases. But in this case, there is no restitution to be spoken of. This guy's just going to go to jail yeah, for a year. Uh, two days after the officer's arrest, a second person came forward, oh boy, to say he had also been raped by the officer in 2008. As part of the plea agreement, prosecutors <laughs> won't, just going after all the boys, you know, won't, per- <laughs> uh, won't pursue the second allegation according to the court documents. Prosecutors opted to pursue the misdemeanor charge. But that again backs up something that I, uh, I've said before about these corrupt cops is that whenever they get caught, you know it's not the first time. Odds are good. I mean, this guy was on the force for a number of years prior to this. You've got at least one other victim who's coming out and saying, hey, he did this to me, too. And you know that a lot of people, if he's done this to others, are likely afraid to come out because they're worried about what this guy might do. Or to they them. came out and the people they talked to uh, humiliated them and ashamed them. The officer mm-hmm. they reported it to just said, no, that, that you're just made of stories. Now you're just lying. I think I should lock you up for lying to me or filing a false complaint. Right. Now, who's going to believe the raped tranny? I mean, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm amazed that uh, they were able to to pull this case off. They opted to pursue the misdemeanor charge against Nash instead of the felony as they began looking ahead to trial and contemplating additional issues we'd have to deal with. According to the chief of the district attorney's white uh, collar crimes division, she declined to elaborate 
What is that supposed to mean? Why is the White Collar Crimes Division investigating? I don't know. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. A lot of stuff there, including the Shrine of Female Listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo to show that they're listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see see it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. How does Cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a Cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, West Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. There'll certainly be some debates and some uh, you know speechifying and things like that. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now as there's a deadline by March the 1st. The rates are $535, double, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. These rates are incredible, and uh, they're you know not going to last. $535, cruise.freetalklive.com. We're telling you about an example of uh, what they call official oppression in San Antonio, which is actually kidnapping and rape. We didn't really, po- really focus on the kidnapping aspect of this, which of course was completely ignored uh, by the prosecutor in this, uh, this incident where a police officer about almost 40 years old essentially t- takes a woman off the streets, well it's a transsexual prostitute, but takes a transsexual off the streets, puts her in the back of his uh, police car, drives her to a, a secret location, and then proceeds to, uh, to force her to perform sex acts. And Presumably, he was not actually arresting her for anything. Why would he do that? Why would he arrest somebody, then perform those acts, and then take them into the station so they could you know, easily uh, you know, file a report or something like that? It doesn't say in this news piece that she was being arrested for anything, just that she was handcuffed. So- I, think, I think it's taken for granted that the police are used to just kidnapping people. I think it's... It's such a normal thing for police to kidnap someone that they don't even mention it. As you it's said, kind of like right. a it's a non-issue. You know? Right, but if you just think about this. The double standard is so clearly emblazoned on this story. This guy gets a year in jail for a misdemeanor count of so-called official oppression as a plea bargain. They did not go after him on any sexual assault or rape charges. They certainly didn't go after him on kidnapping charges. But what would happen to you or I if we stepped out of our car, pulled our car over somewhere to where somebody was standing on the street, pointed a gun at him and said, get in the back, put them in handcuffs, threw them in the back of the car, took them out to some secret place, and then forced ourselves on them? What, what would be the, the charges that you or I would face life doing in prison. something like that? Easily life in prison. Pretty close. To that effect. And uh, it's certainly, 
And, and if this person was a police officer that we did this to, or right. some oh, bureaucrat, man. or some member of that executed. that that upper class system, you know, it'd be a different matter altogether. Yep. So, uh, so I think it's important to bring the kidnapping aspect of this up because he wasn't arresting her under any kind right. of. He probably didn't have to pull his gun to uh, to get the uh, the gal into the vehicle. No, probably not, because, because he has one on his he hip. He has one on the hip, and people know that he'll... I mean, you know, it's a cop. What are you supposed to do? Right, all he has to do is roll up and say, you're under arrest. What? I didn't do anything. Put your hands behind your back. Oh, all right. You know, most people are pretty compliant when it comes to uh, to being arrested, and uh, so that's all he has to do is just say you're under arrest, and then people will just start doing what they believe they're supposed to do when they're under arrest, and, you know, that's what began this whole process. And, of course, she wasn't under arrest for anything. It doesn't point out that she was being arrested for anything. Well, it's just a, a symptomatic symptom, uh, symptomatic problem in our system with these sick people in positions of power exploiting that power for personal gain and benefit and and just harming so many people in the process. Your toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. In other news, Mark, there's a, a border dispute that I guess has resulted in somebody Getting shot, a kid getting shot, getting shot. Well, yeah, it's uh, this is it's, it's very strange. I would have never really th- imagined a story like this. But uh, the parents of a Mexican teenager allegedly killed last year by a bullet fired by a U.S. Border Patrol agent across the Rio Grande River on Monday sued the U.S. government for twenty-five million dollars. The U.S. Border Patrol says that Sergio Hernandez Guerrica. 15, was pelting U.S. agents with rocks from the Mexican side of the Rio Grande River last June. Got a pretty good arm. I was going to say, how wide is that river? Yeah. Um, Obviously, we're not talking about boulders here, right? Right, Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's okay to throw rocks at people. I'm really not. I am saying, however, that uh, if you've got a river between you and a guy who's throwing rocks at you, like chances are you could take a couple of steps back instead of shooting him. Yeah. Yeah, well, they can't do that. Their pride won't let them. Yeah, they, I they think have that to be that the might ones be, in control. I think that might abso- absolutely be the circumstance here. Well, plus I remember sh- um, there's this uh, the what was was it Officer Bubbles um, during oh, the uh, G20 situation. Oh, yeah. um, the, the you know this officer says to uh, one of these peaceniks that's blowing bubbles out there in front of the G20 event. He says, "If one of those uh, bubbles touches me, I'm going to arrest you for assault." Yep. He doesn't step back because he doesn't want the bubbles' soapy goodness on his uh, you know dumb sunglasses. He just says, "If one of those touches me i'm going to call it assault and he stepped up on this lady of course so no in this case uh this kid gets shot across the uh, rio grande this is even worse if, uh for this family than the the, the transsexual this kid's dead and there's back. there's yeah. nothing that can be done in the case of the guy in san antonio the cop that uh, rapes the the transsexual at least he's been brought up on some kind of charge this border patrol agent probably nothing's going to happen to him yeah, um, He's essentially killed a non-person. Where, where was this located? Where was the uh, the state? It's uh, Texas. Texas. Texas, okay. So um, uh, Bob Hilliard, attorney for the Mexican family, said the, the boy was the victim of brutality on the part of federal agents and was shot in cold blood. Uh, we have seen brute uh, – and, and the video, by the way, has uh, doesn't show the kid throwing rocks. Hmm. So you know, the government has said that he was a coyote and he was throwing the, rocks. Wait, the 15-year-old? Child, yeah, the fifteen-year-old okay. kid. Uh, it, actually, the article goes into it. I'll just read it here. I shouldn't so say he's a child; he's a teenager. Anyway, go ahead. 
seen the brutality captured on videotape that stuns a country, and we think that the law enforcement are trained and should not do that, said Hilliard. The incident was videotaped by several individuals and broadcast in Spanish language, Univision Television Network, and posted on the Internet. And it's come to represent the lawless nature of the violence along the Texas-Mexico border. It's unclear from the grainy cell phone video whether the boy was throwing rocks at the time. Part of the lawsuit seeks to require the government to turn over the border. By the way, when it says it's unclear, that means... The video didn't show that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just a that's that's a writer's trickery. Now we don't know whether the boy was throwing rocks or not because the video care, doesn't tell the whole story. Because as you pointed out, it's not hard to get away from someone throwing rocks if you're across a river from them. Right. It's and not secondly, like he's standing ten feet and whipping it like a baseball. Okay. And second, uh, it's not an appropriate response to shoot somebody who's you know throwing rocks from across a river, especially when you're talking about an international incident. Um, I think that that's the most interesting part of this case, not to say that all of it, uh, you know, there's not some interesting stuff to it. But I think the most interesting part is this guy who represents the United States government shot from the United States into a sovereign country, killing one of its citizens. That's an act of war, and I don't care how you slice it. Does this mean that there are people that um, in the United States government that wish to have war on Mexico? We've always been at war with Mexico and their drugs. Don't you know what, Mark? They got drugs over there. It's bad for you. Don't do drugs. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Do you think that there's any, any reason for this? Is there any justification for this behavior beyond just some bureaucrat who knows he can get away with murder? 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have there for you. And those features include the news updates. You can get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It's all totally free. That's news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook, any one of those, or more than one if you'd like. News.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's coming up this year from the 20th through the 26th of June, and it's going to be a great time. Uh, Porkfest 2011, JJ is in charge of the music scene. That's right, music and bands. It's going to be a, uh, an exciting and epic time. But it's more than just uh, a music festival. It's uh, that there's the well, music it's not, is just it's, one aspect. Yeah, it's not actually it. a music festival. Music is just one of the, the entertainment options available. I think that people find a lot of different options, and the market will provide... So many choices that uh, I think a lot of people will be satisfied. Absolutely. A lot of people were last year with over 800 people attending Porkfest. It's a great time. The best reason to go, in my opinion, is to be together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented yes. people. 
and uh, and to you know to socialize with those folks and to build bonds and to, uh, to invite people here from outside of New Hampshire to see what it's like to be around those people because we know we live here all well, the time. And just in addition to the music, I'm also going to be the tour, uh, I guess. Uh, front man for the Keen Tour up to Porkfest. Oh, cool. They're doing. Uh, there wasn't a Keen Tour last year, so I'm glad to hear they're bringing that back. Yeah, they're they're do- obviously doing uh, like the six days worth up till Porkfest. There's gonna be tours in different towns, and then the town coming to Keen. I'll uh, hopefully have some stuff planned with the uh, Activist Center and uh, various other areas in town. It's really just a great excuse to come up to new hampshire see what it's like to be around hundreds of other like-minded liberty-oriented people as you say check out the state tour around see what it's like in the different towns uh and it's just it's just an absolute blast go to porkfest.com that's p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t porkfest.com learn a little bit more about it also file you can look for it on facebook there's a, a good it's facebook. all over facebook so yeah, there's a good facebook page for it so check that out uh we're still in the midst of this we're going to get to your phone calls here in just a moment at 800-259-9231 there was another point that was certainly worth i think refocusing on in this story about a 15-year-old teenage boy who was attacked uh, by the Border Patrol. Border Patrol agent shot, shoots, uh, shoots him across the Rio Grande. The claim from the Border Patrol is, well, he was throwing rocks. But and, there's video, and uh, as they say, multiple video, and it's cell phone video. It isn't the best, um, as uh, anyone can imagine, but they, they call the video unclear as to whether the youth was throwing rocks, meaning... I, that the, there's no video of the youth. I think it's pretty rocks. clear when you see someone throwing a rock, even if you don't see the projectile, just the movement of the body in a certain fashion would indicate they're throwing something. It would be very, very discernible. Well, I mean, it presumes that the video was focused on him at the time he was throwing the rocks. But either way, there's a statement that they make about him. The FBI or whoever is look, says he's this coyote, somebody who a coyote is somebody who essentially is a trafficker in human beings. Right. So this is a 15 year old kid. His name's uh, Sergio Hernandez. The FBI has claimed that Hernandez was a known immigrant smuggler who had been pressed into service <laughs> by smuggling gangs, taking advantage of his youth. They said that Hernandez guided illegal immigrants into the United States and that they have said that he was attacking the border agents with rocks at the time. As if somebody who's in the profession of uh, smuggling humans wants to get into a rock-throwing contest with somebody with a gun um, on the other side. It doesn't make yeah, much sense to me. That's really the point I was going to make, is that, I mean, this, if this guy... Now, look, I understand he's So there's 15. video not showing um, him throwing rocks. The, they know for certain he was shot and killed. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, the agents come out and they say, oh, well, he's a coyote. He's really bad. He brings, uh, a, he brings uh, illegal immigrants into the country. He was throwing rocks at us. And... He had Law's rocket. You know, like, oh, right. oh, hold on, Bill Bob. You're going to have to drop the Law's rocket from that story. Nobody's going to believe that. All right, he was throwing rocks, and he was a coyote. A smuggler, yeah, that's right. He was, uh, yeah. he was involved in human trafficking. As a matter of fact, he was, he was human trafficked himself by the smuggling groups because he was only 15, and now, they'd hide behind his age. Now, I realize that if you're 15, you don't make the best decisions. So maybe he really was a, a, a smuggler and he decided to throw rocks at the cops. But for the most part, that makes absolutely zero sense. Why would you want to draw yeah, attention to yourself? It doesn't make yourself? any sense to me. Why, why exactly, would you want, Ian. 
if you're engaging in black market activities, whether it's smuggling uh, drugs or smuggling human beings, why would you want to do anything? It's like the it's like having a drug dealer go through the border patrol checkpoint with his pants down or something like that. I mean, why would you do something to draw undue attention to you if you're engaged in black market activities? Yeah, I think it doesn't make any sense at all. It's another case, just like in the last one, where the the government will do whatever it can to cover up and protect its own interest, which means its own bureaucrats, its own enforcers, its own foot soldiers. It will do whatever is necessary to make sure that the thin blue line is never broken. I'm interested to find out also uh, the Rio Grande. Now, grand is a big word. Means big, grande means big. Well, it's grander, grande, or in other place, in some places than others. That's what I'm wondering: is what are what is the smallest width of the Rio Grande? Where where is the point at which one uh, could throw a rock across this easily? Is it is the whole thing you know to where it's no problem to just chuck a rock across it? I'm just curious. I've never been down there. I've never seen it before. Maybe you have. Maybe you can uh, clue us in here. I just searched the Wikipedia article for width, and the, that that word does not come up, so the information doesn't appear to be easily accessible. Just curious. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to your thoughts. You can bring up whatever you want. Brandon is in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brandon. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, sorry for changing the subject because uh, both of those stories you're just talking about just just really irritates the heck out of me. But I have been thinking all day about getting your input on education, and I'm just kind of looking to glean your knowledge and experience because. I understand that here in America, uh, all children have to go to a uh, a government-approved school. Do do I understand that right? Uh, Not exactly true. Uh, Maybe in California that's the case. I think they have to meet government schooling guidelines. It's it's a set of of certain um, testing parameters that they are going to test these students on. It may depend on which state we're talking about. Different states have different... Uh, rules applying to private schools, so that may be a big factor in this particular discussion. Plus, there's also the homeschooling aspect or unschooling, wherein, again, different states have different rules. Some states are very restrictive, and they demand that parents who are homeschooling have to submit their curriculum for approval to the state in advance, while other states, you know, there's not as much restriction on homeschooling. So it just all depends. So really, we could say that there is some privatization of education going on in some states that are a little looser on the regulations. Privatization yeah, there's, is there's a, some. I mean, well, privatization is a term that usually applies to taking something that is in the government and turning it over to, while still under government control and regulation, uh, turning it over to private industry to handle providing the the product or service. That so using privatization in that sentence isn't really accurate. There are private uh, schools, but, yeah. But when you uh, the dangerous part about privatization is when it's done by the government. Generally, they keep the the lucrative uh, good pieces for themselves and then turn over stuff. Uh, to the you know the rest of us, and then in the process, sometimes things will go wrong. Um, so, like when they deregulate a particular industry, often that will lead to problems because it allows you know people who are in that industry to act in a um, untoward fashion. Instead of totally deregulating an industry, they'll partially deregulate. In which case, they get rid of the the rules that they don't want to follow or whatever, and it's uh, it can be a real mess. Do you know if there is a state that? is completely hands-off, where a, where a parent could educate their children in any way they felt uh, uh, was appropriate? 
I can't I can't answer that question. I don't know. That's a great question. If somebody does know that, 800-259-9231, I would say that there are certain places in which the parents are ballsy enough to where they get away with it, like the Amish, for instance. Uh, sure. the, the state, just knowing how the, 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 the Amish folks are, they are very, very, in many cases, separate from the rest of uh, society. And for the most part, they're left alone, although recently some state governments have been cracking down on them selling things like raw, raw milk and, and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure the Amish don't have a problem with state regulators coming and demanding uh, curriculum from them. So it really, I think, more depends on what the parents are willing to do and what they're willing to put up with and the level of activism they're willing to engage in. I don't know if you had another question. You're welcome to hang on if you do. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. And joining you tonight, by the way, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Uh, So enjoy the uh, features on our website. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us through Amazon. Remember, there's a brand new link that you need to use. Instead of the old Amazon link, you can now enter Amazon through shop dot freetalklive.com when you enter through shop dot freetalklive.com that will result in a portion of your purchase going to free talk live it's the same amazon you're used to the world's largest internet retailer with dozens of categories free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items even used items if you want go and get your shopping done at amazon through shop dot freetalklive.com that's shop dot freetalklive.com i think we've still got brandon here with us in california are you there brandon brandon are you with us? Maybe not. Brandon going once. Brandon going twice. He had asked some questions about uh, educational freedom and, and private schools. And I was wondering if there was any place where there were absolutely no regulations whatsoever on, say, for instance, folks homeschooling. And I, I don't know. I'd be very interested. I know there are homeschooling associations out there. They would likely be the folks that would know about these sorts of things. Uh, certainly some places are far more restrictive than others. He was calling from California, and that's a place in which I think they would like to outlaw homeschooling right, entirely. There, I think there was a rule passed that basically only certified teachers could homeschool their kids. That's right. Um, and, and what I or said, you'd have I, to hire I didn't say one. passed. I said attempted to be passed, I, um, or I intended to say attempted to be passed. I don't think it actually did It didn't, pass. huh? Okay. I don't think so. Hmm. But like I said, it's we don't give legal place. advice. I can tell you that there are people that would like to do it. If they manage to get it through the legal system, you'll be bound by it. Uh, you know, but the cops will come and get your kids if you try not to do it. I mean, that's just how this group of people operates. Up they here. know better how to take care of your kids than you do. That's how what they think. It reminds me, uh, the, the whole discussion reminds me of something that happened here in New Hampshire. Now, of course, the three of us moved here as part of the Free State Project in order to get active for uh, to work toward more liberty in our lifetime. And, of course, that means educational liberty as well. And so some people get active in the political system. And we've seen some really great success stories so far just the first few years of this project. 
uh, and it hasn't even really officially started. We're early movers. So even with just a few hundred early movers coming here, we've had a, there's been some amazing stuff that's gone on. But we came here to New Hampshire because New Hampshire, we thought, was the best place for this project because it already has a lot of liberty-oriented I- ideas uh, that are very popular with the, the folks that were already living here, the Granite Staters that have been here maybe for generations or, or for decades. And so there was some incident, I don't remember what it was specifically, but there was some kind of proposal on the table with the state government to increase the homeschooling regulations. And the homeschooling folks came out in droves to oppose this. And they came out to the uh, the, the state house and, you know, the parents, this was a, essentially turned into a field trip for homeschooled kids. They brought their kids out and the, the parents came out too. And they Did you go to this one? I did not go to this okay, one. Okay, I went to this one and uh, let me try to paint a picture for people. It was... The most amazing, staggering thing that I had seen up to my life as far as sort of the, you know, the public standing up to the government in real life that I have ever seen. It was hundreds and hundreds of family members, homeschoolers, you know, descending by height down behind their 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 moms, uh, you know, pressed, clean, scrubbed, well-behaved families that were standing up to the government and saying no. We will not have any of this. I was I was completely left speechless. My wife and I went up there to uh, to register our protest with our young child, I believe, at the time, and I can't remember if Jack was born at the time or not. I, I think so. And we didn't even bother going into the main room. You would have we would have had to have waited hours to get up there. There were hundreds of people, and we felt like we were represented by these people. And I'll tell you, the the politicians flunk off with their tail between their legs. They did attempt to put the same rule through in some kind of uh, administrative thing without actually getting it voted on, but they were they were slammed on that again. They're not going to get anything homeschooly done here in this state. As far as, good increase, to hear. Yeah, yeah. as far as increasing the, the regulations, maybe yeah. they'll get something done with decreasing them. Hopefully, because yes. There are some of them. Uh, there are some homeschooling regulations here. I, I'm not privy to what they are. Mark, I, I imagine you would have some ideas. You're going to be doing that. Well, you've you've got to. Uh, I believe you have to put in some kind of uh, annual, you know, lesson plan oh, or some God, kind that's of thing, awful. saying that uh, you know, my kid are you going to do this, that? That that this that that this. What happens if you don't? Um, I believe that I don't know what's uh, going to happen if you if you don't. I don't have. No I'm curious idea. about that. When you when you get closer to uh, you know homeschooling because you are homeschooling Jack. It's my intention. Um, so you know I'm curious to find out as to you know is it like a a violation or something like that. I don't what know. Do do? I would want, really wonder. I mean uh, the the fact is that uh, my wife and Jack uh, alternate between two states um, at times of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what are the regulations for which state at what time? You know mm. seems very. Very interesting, right? Yeah. I wouldn't do it personally. I mean, if I had a kid, I wouldn't tell my I wouldn't tell the state government what I was going to teach my kid. As far as I'm concerned, it's none of their business. Absolutely. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue with your call. Scott is listening in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Yes, hello, uh Ian, Mark, and JJ. How are you? Doing well, thank What's you. What's on your mind tonight, Scott? Uh as you know, this past Monday was Martin Luther King Day. Uh I am absolutely against Martin Luther King Day. Why? It should be abolished. Why? I'll tell you why. Because it has disenfranchised white Christians in this nation. Uh, what are you when talking I say, about? What's that? I, I think a lot of white Christians would appreciate Martin Luther King. In fact, from a Christian perspective, what Martin Luther King did was uh, likely what Jesus would have advocated. No, what Martin Luther King did was he uh, he put the races together, and uh, the races have been mongrelized. As a, as a, as a, Do you believe as... Jesus was a white man? Just curious. 
Jesus was not Jewish. Jesus was an Anglo-Saxon. Yes, he was a white man. <laughs> how did the uh, how, how did that Anglo-Saxon get all the way from I'll Germany? Explain Germany it to you. Excuse me, all the way from uh, the the Great Britain, the Isle. Actually, I don't think they could have even had Anglo-Saxons at the time. <laughs> how did that Anglo-Saxon, uh, that imaginary Anglo-Saxon, get to Israel at the time? Did you ever hear of a, of a term, a, a movement called British Israeliteism? No. The British Israelite movement. It was in Henry Ford's, in the international Jew, Mr. Ford, made it famous, in which uh, the, the Jews are not the chosen people of the Bible that they would have the world believe. It, it is indeed the Anglo-Saxon race, Why would God not choose the Jews. anybody? I mean, why would God choose any people? If, if, if everybody is God's creation, then why would there be a chosen portion of that? Why wouldn't it all be, you know, essentially on the same playing field? All I'm people? saying is that the Jews want to force ram I'm not it asking down you what you're told- saying. I'm asking you a question yeah. about your you claim to be a Christian. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, it seems to me that you are either not familiar with the, the tenets of Christianity or you've just completely, you know, bastardized the the ideas. What, why would God, who is supposedly all loving, have a chosen people in the first place? That's what I'm saying. God should not. God should. The Jews are not the chosen people. But I'm they, saying so, that the that 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 the, the 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 in the Bible, the chosen people are, if there is one, it's the Anglo-Saxon race. So you are saying the there's a chosen. You you are you are saying you believe there is a chosen people. Yes. Why? Why is that? Do you think God made a mistake by creating other colors of uh, of human beings? I'm saying that that there's a pecking order. There are there are superior races in this world. There are inferior races in this world. On the top of the pecking order, no, sir. Are, there are, are Aryans, superior. No, no. There are superior minds and inferior minds. Individuals may be a little more smart than others That's or right. intelligent than others. But the idea that somebody is less smart or inferior because they have different uh, skin pigmentation is pretty ludicrous so I'll give if, you the an Anglo, example. if the anglo-saxons were uh, the chosen people of the bible and the according to wikipedia here it says anglo-saxons the term usually used to describe invading germanic tribes in the south and east of great yeah. britain from the early fifth century a.d and i thought that that was the case so they didn't even exist when the when any of the books of the Bible were written, not a single one of them. So, I mean, whatever this is, this English Israelitism doesn't British take into consideration that this tribe of people that you're referring to, the Anglo-Saxons, did simply did not exist at the time that you're uh, that these books were. What written. is your goal with this whole thing? What is what are you trying to convince us of? What I'm trying to convince you of, I was trying to talk about Martin Luther King. That the, 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 Let's the stick blacks, with that. Let's stick with Martin. Black- no, 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 no. Just stick with Martin Luther King, please. Say that again? Stick with Martin Luther King, please. There should not be any Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was a communist. He was a subversive. J. Edgar Hoover said so himself. And behind the black Now, now the FBI is a bunch of good guys? No, I'm saying that no, <laughs> the, the FBI is part of the Zionist-occupied government. I'm saying But that you behind- just appealed to them. What's that? You just appealed to their authority. I'm saying that behind the black movement, I'm saying that the Jews are the evil force behind the civil rights movement. And I'm saying you are a sad human being. Thank you for the call tonight.
800-259-9231. I find it odd that Martin Luther King and Jesus Christ are the only two people that have their own day on the calendar as a as a um, you know federal <laughs> holiday. I mean, I, I will give him that, but I'm willing to get rid of both of I, I'm willing to get rid of every federal holiday. But if people want to celebrate Martin Luther King, I think he was a great man in the same way that I Absolutely. think Jesus Christ Christ had a great deal of effect on the world too. We're coming up here. Hour three's next. You take control, bring up anything, it's free talk live. With so much economic confusion, who can you trust for straight talk? For years, author and investor Peter Schiff has been in the front of the pack, pointing out the insanity while offering real investment solutions. Now, all of Peter's videos, articles, and TV appearances are compiled into a free email. The EP Weekly Digest, which contains the fresh insights by Peter and other Europac voices, like the hard-charging Mike Pinto. To subscribe, please go to epweeklydigest.com, epweeklydigest.com. Talk Live, watching into the third hour of the program, and you, as always, are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right. Uh, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. We'll start things out this hour with a question. Mark, you got something that I think came through email? Yeah, it's uh, actually we just got it through email. I think it's a great question, so we probably should uh, kick it off with this. It says, hey, Mark, I have a question. I don't think I quite understand the concept of the voluntary society that you guys talk about. And when we talk about the voluntary society, it's not like we're talking about something that we can achieve tomorrow or anything like that. We're talking about a a future where um, humans are able to interact with each other on a voluntary basis as opposed to what we deal with right now where, uh, you know, governments exist, coercive governments exist that, uh, you know, stick guns in people's faces and and make them do what they want them to do. And, and, And as a result, actually don't do what their stated purpose is. The governments are intended to protect our rights, but in the process, they must violate them mm, in order yep. to protect them. It's true. It's a paradox. So it doesn't make much sense. And, you know, I've, I, I understand the ideas behind, um, you know, a smaller government. I'm for, a, I'm for a smaller government. I am not against these ideas. I'm for more freedom where I can get them. Um, and, you know, so... Whatever. I just don't want people to think that we're talking about, you know, going from what we have today to, you know, something different tomorrow, because I think that that could be disastrous. So if we go to a voluntary society, the services such as roads, police protection, fire protection, et cetera, that our tax dollars pay for would be paid for by each of us. And I'm confused with this concept. I don't make that much money, so in a voluntary society, that would um, that would people could uh, not pay for services. Um, what would they do if they couldn't pay for these services? This bothers me because I know quite a few people who would be in the same boat. Any help uh, y'all could provide would be greatly appreciated. Okay, so the question is, if what, in a voluntary society, if people couldn't uh, afford to pay for services, how would services be paid for? They, well, how would they get them? Well, I mean, don't people need fire? Don't people need police? Don't yeah, people, people need people are rights? already paying for it, though. I guess that maybe he doesn't see that. Maybe he doesn't feel like he's paying for those services because he might be. Let's presume because he's saying he doesn't have a lot of money. Let's presume he's a renter. Um, so he's renting a home or renting an apartment or renting whatever. Right. So in that rent, you're paying for all of those services. You're paying likely property the property taxes. taxes 
of the person who owns that uh, that piece of property. Right. The person who owns the property that you're renting from is paying property taxes. Generally, for a business to uh, be successful, they must cover their overhead. It is it is the unlikely business that is is going to make it for very long right. where they're not covering the overhead. So you're living in a domicile upon which property taxes are paid, and you're paying to live in that domicile. So you're covering the cost of property taxes. The uh, property taxes now are, of course, going – it's money that's going to the government. The government is taking that money, and they're providing their services with that money. And, of course, as we pointed out, in the absence of a monopoly, you actually have competition in the area of products and services. And when you've got competition, you have things like innovation. You've got, uh, you've got pr- price reductions because the competitors are always trying to one-up the other guy. And so, therefore, they're, they're moving in a, in a general direction. You look at the computer industry, for instance. Computers are far more powerful now than than they ever have been in the past, and they're cheaper now than they've ever been. I'm not saying that water is going to have the same kind of technological advance as a computer chip, uh, but nonetheless, prices in the marketplace tend to go down over time on any given product when you don't take inflation into a uh, Because you know, efficiency play. comes into play. Businesses uh, compete against each other, and efficiency comes into play, whereas government has no uh, motivation to be efficient and is very bad at it. I think one thing to note, especially about this sort of situation with the fire the police and the roads and whatnot, is that there's not going to be one size fits all. There's not going to be one solution. There's going to be different um, solutions to this problem. In some cases, it might be a cooperative. some cases, it might be privately owned. In some cases, you might uh, pay a toll. Watch. You might have a toll that once you once you start on this road, uh, some fire services might be volunteer fire fire departments work all the time. Right, and, and I'd people, like to point out about volunteer fire departments. People say, "Well, you need a fire department." Well, fire departments really are there to keep the fire in your house from spreading to the next house. Right, um, and that's the biggest role of a fire department. Currently, most America, most of the geographic area of America is covered by volunteer fire departments. And the saying in my area goes, um, you know, that about when you talk about volunteer fire departments, I'm not just talking about the one that I volunteer for. I'm talking about all of them. Ah, we've never lost a cellar hole, which means it's a joke that says mm-hmm. that generally the house burns down by the time we get there and we just put it out and the cellar hole's still there because oh, cellar rises. holes don't burn. <laughs> right. Um, so the, concrete and the, um, yeah. it's, it's a joke talking about how the houses aren't saved. Right. Generally, fire departments aren't something, you know, that people already don't get. A lot of people already in the United States don't get a lot of service out of their fire department. The biggest and most important service that you get from a fire department is the fact that it, the fire won't spread to, from someone else's house to yours. Um, so you're talking about a low level of service. Probably wouldn't be terribly costly. I'd like to talk about uh, roads right. for a second. And I think that Ian's come up with some really great ideas. Imagine if there was no competition in roads. Uh, if there was competition in roads and no restrictions on how they were done, people might very well put advertisements right on the pavement where people drive. And then those advertisements would pay for the road itself. Those businesses could pay for it. I mean, it would just turn into another ad venue. Some people would say, that's hideous. Well, buy a road. Yeah, you <laughs> Figure know. out how to pay for I it. Mean, or, or you move to a community that has a different sort of standards or uh, practices. And also keep in mind that a lot of the money that you spend the hidden taxation through whenever you buy a gallon of gas, every time you register your vehicle, the little things like buying oil and it has its its disposal fee added into it. Um, when you go and get your car fixed and there are certain taxes you pay for the parts if there's sales tax in your region, all those sorts of things, that money's still in your pocket now. You didn't lose it. Yeah, that's right. 
all those and taxes. It's a very good point, JJ. We should have said that exactly first. Is this is the most important point? Is there's a huge amount of taxes that you're paying that you don't know about that you're paying for these services, and you would have that money back. True. We only so touched that, on property taxes, and yeah. that could amount to. I mean, I know what I charge my renters here, and it's the bulk of their rent is covering my property taxes on this uh, this home, the, the duplex that I own, and so that there could be literally rent reductions by the hundreds of dollars i mean at the very least one two three hundred dollars could come off the top of all the rents around town that's a very realistic possibility if if property taxes were to go away you could say well the landlords are greedy they're not going to reduce their rent well i'm not like that i want to make sure that my tenants i've got if i've got good tenants i want to make sure they're happy i want to make sure they're going to stay where where they are so if next month the property taxes in Keene, new hampshire disappear which approximately amount to five hundred dollars a month for me on a two hundred thousand dollar house if the property taxes just disappear then i can all of a sudden tell my renters hey you don't have to pay uh you know the full amount now now you can take two hundred dollars off every single month and you can put that towards getting whatever those services are that that you need to purchase whether it be fire protection or police protection yeah, or huge, whatever it's a huge point and i'd like to or talk education real quick about uh about, about cops what do you generally get out of your police service what a do hassle. you well, I mean, really, what do you get out of the service? Because, I mean, everybody knows that cops make a lot of money from speeding tickets and they make a lot of money from, uh, you know, busting pot smokers and things like that. that the police I saw departments a keen do. cop help push somebody out of a, a snow situation. It's awesome. That's awesome. I've, yeah. I've been helped in the same way. But I'm asking, I mean, really, that's what you want cops for? To help people push people out of snow berms? Because I don't think people do. No. I think you're, it, the idea is just to protect your house from burglary, but they really don't. Cops are there to locks to do. give you a right. Locks do. Armed homeowners do. Uh, cops are there to give you a police report once you've been burglarized. Mm-hmm. Which, if cops weren't there, you wouldn't need the police report anyway. Well, an insurance so company could do that, right? Insur- so you don't. I mean, you know, they're not. How often does somebody get their stuff back from their house being burglarized? Property crimes are the lowest on the list. Um, so, I mean, you can say that the very fact that po- cops exist that. Violent crimes and uh, property crimes are diminished simply because people are afraid of getting caught. And I would agree with that statement. But in that um, in the circumstance where people are saying, well, I want a certain level of service, I want my house driven by every day by a private security company. I want my house driven by once a week. I, I don't care if you drive by. Just come when I call you. Well, that goes you know. back to what JJ was saying, where there would be different varieties of options available. Maybe you would prefer to not have any service whatsoever and just arm up and lock right. up your home and get a guard dog. If I mean, you, you take your amount of property taxes that you pay, find out the amounts you pay for cops. I suspect that um, is hundreds of dollars a month, and you could get a security company that would drive by your house for I that. Don't think, I don't think it's hundreds of dollars a month. Most of the property uh, taxes around year, I'm here. Sorry, hundreds of dollars a year. I was going to say, most of them are. I am paying hundreds a month for the school system, though. More coming up. You take control uh, that I don't support at all. It's Free Talk Live. Your thoughts are welcome. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ and Mark. Don't forget, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got listening options, broadband, dial-up streams, around the clock. You can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live. It's streamed to you. Plus, there are listen lines. So if you've got a phone that can dial long distance, you can dial in and listen to our streams via that method. In addition, there's our webcam which is, by the way, brought to you by Memory Dealers. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to enjoy the webcam. Again, brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpax, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers and up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. We're, I think, still in the midst of this question from the listener who was curious about the Voluntary Society. It's a new idea for him, and he's uncertain as to how he, who is someone of uh, little means, perhaps maybe early on in his life, he doesn't have much uh, wealth at his disposal. He's concerned about how he's going to get the uh, services that the government is offering if people aren't forced to pay for them. Well, I think especially in the protection service, the easiest and simplest answer would be the first step would be to have your own protection, your own personal protection, uh, firearm or what have you, or if you don't feel comfortable with that, there's mace, there's all kinds of different non-lethal weapons you could employ, but Uh, being trained in that as well. To back this up, I'd like to point out that the first police department I don't think was created until the 1850s. So somehow or another, uh, we survived in this country, and and honestly, the police departments, my town doesn't have one, um, and police departments became... They didn't come become ubiquitous until you're talking about um, you know mid uh, in the 20th century. So yeah, there's nothing stopping us. Uh, a man be... with a gun on his hip is going to be far more effective in preventing pre- just the gun sitting there preventing crime than uh, which is why else. you don't have a problem with crazy home invasions going on in your town, Mark, because yeah. there are people that have guns in that community. I would say the vast majority of them i wouldn't i wouldn't want to play the gamble game that would uh you know in, in doing a cat burglary at a home in my town yeah so uh so again just across the board the the services and the product that the government is currently providing and usually monopolizing would be available cheaper due to competition they'd be better due to competition like the police force for instance would actually be accountable for its actions and wouldn't be trying to raise money for itself by ticketing people it would actually just be out there providing peace officer services wouldn't get away with raping people right it would it wouldn't get away with anything that's because, the story we just read yes. well, right a couple like last hour but uh but the, the police departments would have true accountability because people would be able to pull their business from them. They would be able to give their business to the competitor. Or they'd be able to start their own competitor and, and offer their own solutions and their own products and services in the marketplace. So products, uh, the, you know, the prices of these things, these services would come down. There'd be a greater variety of different types of services available for people. And you would have all the money that you currently are being taxed to death with whether you see the taxes or not again you're paying rent you're paying taxes you don't know how much of your rent is actually taxes nobody no renter knows the answer to that question only the landlord uh knows that well and some renter knows that what their landlord pays in property taxes it's very rare wouldn't you say not, not common. very rare 
So, uh, so again, you'd have all that extra money, and then you would get to decide how to allocate it, rather than allowing some government bureaucrat to decide how to allocate it, who absolutely is not accountable for making those decisions. Well, think of it this way. I think of okay, a good one for protection is there's the there's several protection agencies in your town. Your home gets burglarized, and you want to have someone investigate it, maybe collect some fingerprints, such. They're going to come and they're going to charge you just as anyone else that came to your house to provide a service. They would say, we can perform the service for you. We'll collect fingerprints. We'll do all the forensics. That's if you didn't and, ki- think ahead, JJ. Well, right. I, I'm just saying I'm trying to you know, jump ahead to some of the straw man arguments that are presented in, in that a lot of these, these things are more like when you use this service, that's when you pay for it sort of deal. Unless but there's you, also an insurance model well, too. Like that's why I'm saying you didn't sure. think. Yeah, that's in the case of somebody who's like, well, I don't need this uh, protection insurance. A person insurance. who doesn't have a lot of money and doesn't want to buy the insurance. Right. That that kind of person. But, but but a person who doesn't have a lot of money but still has things they prize would want to buy. Hopefully, would see the the value in buying this insurance because it's pretty rare that you've got break-ins. It's pretty. I mean, it's less rare that you've got a fire, but it's it's also still pretty rare that some sort of violent crime or property crime is going to happen against you. For, so for the most part, most people are just going to pay into that insurance program and they're. They're not going to have to collect. But if they do have to collect, then that avoids having to pay for whatever the price would be of having to hire a private investigator to come in and to investigate and to take inventory or to do whatever because they would have already been paid for by the insurance company. And in that case, what can happen is the insurance company would come in and say, all right, well, this is what you're missing. Okay, we've investigated. It looks like you're telling the truth. So we're going to cut you a check for whatever it is you're lo- you, you've lost. Then you've been made whole at that point. It doesn't matter to you whether they catch the bad guy. Because it's done as far as you're concerned. It only matters to the insurance company as to whether they catch the bad guy at that point. So you'd have services that would be offered, and it would likely be very, very low cost over time because it's not, not going to be used too, too much. So I think um, that the way to look at this is, is all we're advocating is for people to have choice in these areas. Exactly. For, in the, for, for instance, if I live in my town and we have to pay uh, $3,300 a uh, year for taxes and about 3000 2500 to 3000 of that goes to for the government school system that I don't send my kid to that I don't tend to send my kid to ever I've never uh, you know I've never employed somebody who's gone to that government school I have nothing to do with that government school except that I'm extorted to have to pay for it and I decide I want to edu- educate my kid differently I'll take the money that goes to that and I'll use it and plus whatever money uh, else I want to put in it or less or whatever to educate my kid and that's what I choose to do, that I'll just X that off my taxes and I don't want to pay that part. And instead of them coming to take my house away, they just don't provide me with the service. Yeah. That is what a voluntary system is. Well, also, it's the decision to pay for it or not pay for it. And that would be the same with fire or police or whatever. But if I want those, then I could pay for fire or police. Or if there was another organization in town that was offering these services at a better rate or better service or something, then I would choose to pay them. This All I'm advocating is that somebody who doesn't want whatever ex-government service there is out there to not have to pay for it. And that is not a radical idea. I think also with the protection service, you have to consider that if, if the protection service is only worried about handling actual claims and violent crimes, they'll be much more focused and dedicated to those things instead of Absolutely. wasting time with uh, speed traps and and searching bags at a high school or getting the guy smoking reefer in the corner. You know, it's, thing, it's things like that that will go away, that will create focus within the protection agencies, and focus. they can focus just on the violent crimes that are happening and maybe prevent some 
instead of just reacting. And and probably operate on a much leaner uh, fashion because if you're focused on just exactly. those areas, you don't have to have five cop cars around town that are just sitting watching for speeders or whatever. Those guys can be investigating real crimes and you don't have to have a bloated police department. Uh, you could really kind of scale things down, still provide Streamline. real protection services uh, and not have to, you know, nobody would be worried about getting pulled over from silly, for silly crap anymore. I mean, that's a huge benefit right there. Think about the amount of money that poor people are are taxed after the fact by having tickets and things like that laid on them. That's hundreds of dollars that some poor people are paying into the system every single year. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there completely free. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. I also blog over at uh, freekeen.com, as does JJ. Yes. And we've been talking about this idea of, well, what will the voluntary society look like? What would it be like to pay for services of like police and fire protection and, and schools without having this government, this one-size-fits-all monopoly, forcing people into a system that they might disagree with, forcing them to pay for a service or product that they might disagree with. What would it look like without that? And there's a great book over at freekeen.com. Uh, it's over actually at book.freekeen.com called The Market for Liberty. And I'm pleased to announce, and actually I haven't put it up quite yet, but now that I'm going to mention it on the air, I'll take care of it tonight uh, after the show. But we unfortunately had to pull down the PDF form of, of this book. It was a few years ago that I contacted laissez-faire books which was the you know the copyright holder i don't believe in intellectual property but some people do and so i wanted to you know go through the right channels i didn't want to step on anybody's toes so i got in touch with laissez-faire books and i asked them if i could create an audiobook version of the market for liberty you know spend my time and my effort whatever that's worth to uh, to create this uh, this production and, which you know had not existed before, and I, I had come across this book, and I thought it was so great. That's what inspired me to do it. I thought, wow, this book, you know, written 1970 or 1971, it was really way ahead of its uh, ahead of its time. There are a lot of really cool ideas in there that make more sense today than they might have made sense in the the 1970s. At least that's what I thought while I was reading it. So I got in touch with them, and they said, yeah, they th- they thought that was fine. And one of the provisions of my agreement with them was that. In return for reading this, you know, as my payment, if you will, for for doing this work, I'd get to distribute it for free. That I would get to put this, what I considered this great book, out into the world, onto the internet, for free. To allow people to download the audiobook version at zero cost and enjoy the book. And then hopefully, you know, folks would like it enough to where they'd buy themselves a hardcover. And, and in theory, it would actually increase the sales of the book. And I, th- I believe that it has. I don't have the numbers to justify that belief system, but I know that a lot of people had never heard of this book before because, again, it's from the early 1970s. It's out of not, print. Yeah, well, it's not out of print anymore. Okay. But uh, this, nonetheless, it's a But at the time it was, right? At the time. At the time I, no, you I don't read it? I don't know. I don't recall. You know, you would still would have been able to get it had you wanted to get it. But it's, it's just another Liberty book, right? There's a bunch of Liberty books You can get lots there. of books that are out of print. 
right now. Right, right. I understand that. I Let's don't know, Mark. The point. I, I'm not sure. And it doesn't matter anyway because that people were selling it. Laissez-faire Books was selling it at that time. So whether it was out of print or not, they had enough to sell. How about that? Mm-hmm. So uh, the idea was, okay, I get to distribute this book for free in return for doing it. So that's what I was doing. And then I saw that the, the folks over at the Mises Institute – uh, which is a kind of this libertarian – I don't know if think tank is the, the right term for the Mises Institute. It's more of like a what, – what, what do you – how do you describe that? Is it like an institution? Like a is, – is it a college? Well, I think, I think it, there I is know. a learning – you know, there is something with the classes. I imagine – I don't know a lot it's about it. It's an institute for higher learning. Okay. So anyway, Mises Institute, they had released the Market for Liberty in PDF form. So you could download and read it as a book on your computer, print it out if you want to. And I thought, well, okay, Mises has got it. I'm going to put it up on my site. So I copied it over to Freekeen, put it up there. And that went fine for a little while. And then uh, Laissez-Faire Books went out of business. And they sold essentially the business at that point, the bankrupt version. They sold it to uh, somebody who wanted to buy it up. And the new owner... I guess, was a little bit more of a stickler for copyright than the previous ones that I'd had the agreement with. And he started sending out threats uh, to people that were hosting the PDF version of the book. And I basically told the guy to, you know, go jump in a lake, uh, essentially. I'm not, I said, look, I'm not going to remove You had this. an agreement. Yeah, I had an agreement. And just because the agreement wasn't with him does not make, the, uh, make it so the agreement wasn't valid. When he bought the business, he bought the agreement that, you, uh, that they had previously made. Right. So uh, so basically I told, you know, I, I blew the guy off, essentially, and he left me alone at that point. I, I let him know that, you know, we were not going to remove the book. And if he wanted to come after us, that would be fine with me. So I kind of left it sit there and he apparently let it sit there, too. And then I guess he decided to sell the business uh, another year or two later. I'm not sure how long after, but uh, sold it to a group called Agora, I believe, uh, or Agora. And they have taken it over. And Dr. Mary Ruart. Uh, decided to contact me. Now, I've got a lot of respect for uh, Dr. Mary Ruart. She's one of my favorite authors. She wrote Healing Our World, which is probably the book I recommend the most on the ideas of liberty. She writes me out of the blue to say that uh, Lazy Fair Books has been taken over by this new company, Agora, and they noticed or she noticed that uh, that the, the PDF Somebody noticed the PDF was up on the Freekeen site, and she said she thought there was a chance that they would be cool with allowing that to continue. But in the meantime, while she checks on it, she wanted me to take it down. Because I've got a lot of respect for uh, Dr. Mary Ruart, I decided to honor her request and take down just the PDF. The audiobook was was still there. It's, it's always been there. And so now that they've gotten settled in or they've figured out what it is they're doing, uh, I was put in touch with a guy that's in the, the head of the company, and he did give me permission uh, to repost the pdf version of uh, the market for liberty so the reason i've gone through this lengthy explanation about the history of the market for liberty over at uh, freekeen.com is a it's going to be reposted here tonight i'll put it back up after the show's over b this is one of the best books for the guy that emailed i don't recall his name was it brandon or something like that or uh, anyway you somebody emailed you mark about a question regarding uh the voluntary society and how how things would work uh, this is an excellent book that has a lot of great ideas and explanations. You don't even know who it was. Well, anyway, um, the uh, person the email up in front of me. I, you know, I, I responded you. to him. We talked about it uh, here. Here, you can listen to it, it on the podcast. Have fun. So the nice gentleman or lady who emailed you uh, could go to book.freekeen.com or anybody that wants to learn more about the voluntary society or how things could work in a free marketplace in the absence of the government coercive system. You could go to book.freekeen.com. Download the audiobook version of The Market for Liberty. 
And then later you can get the uh, the PDF version as well from that same place. It's a great book, and it really goes into some detail. And it was a big uh, paradigm shift for me, especially on the issues of police services. That was a real hang-up for me. Like I, yeah, at how first, in I the couldn't world get the police that. services work in a you know a freer marketplace? I, I couldn't get my my head around that, and I had to read it a second time. And I remember you and I were traveling at the time, uh, Mark, when I was reading this book, and I was so excited about the ideas that I was I was literally I think I was reading it to you on the airplane or something. Yes, you were like bubbling that. over about yeah. it. I uh, really wished you would just leave me alone. <laughs> That's like kind of how I felt. <laughs> So anyway, I highly recommend it. Please take a moment to go to book.freekeen.com and take a look at it. Uh, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI tool free line. We've uh, actually, we're going to go to the phones here. John is on the line in Florida. John, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hey, John, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. I called you tonight about the education. So how are you guys doing tonight? Everything's good? Super. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Um, well, I, I actually hadn't listened to your show tonight. We only get it on Saturdays, but uh, I did want to call in and ask. Uh, Where are you in Florida? About, I'm sorry. Uh, Tallahassee. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, well, my question was, we don't have this law here, um, this texting and driving law in Florida yet, uh, but many states do have it. And I was wondering, perhaps, if you had a little bit more information on it, because, um, I mean, this is my supposition in that uh, when they were to pass this law, um, of course, like you guys have mentioned, how are they going to know? How are they going to know, right? Well, my understanding is, of course, all they need is that slight probable cause, which would be, oh, I see the light in the car, I saw this, I saw that, right? Um, and we can all agree that the car reasonable enough for them to pull you over. Almost anything is. Mm-hmm. But um, my problem, my worry is what comes after that, is how do they prove that? And uh, like you said to Mark the other night, um, you said, oh, they can look at the text, uh, or maybe Mark said that, that you can look at the time on the text. Um, but that that requires them to enter your phone. Right. So... All they have is this, this loose probable cause that we may have perhaps seen him using that, and from that alone, they're allowed. I mean, I'm assuming that this is what would happen in order for them to prove it, to basically confiscate that phone and go through all your data in order to, uh, to learn that. And, uh, I mean, do you think that's the case, or has it been I, uh, exemplified as the case? Or? I don't believe, well, for, first off, uh, you know, the, they could make a law uh, that says that it's, a, you know, it's against the law to text and drive. And within that law, I don't believe they'd be able to say something like, and the officer can check your phone in order to be able to verify in order to get the ticket. But wasn't there a case recently where they've... Where yeah, they it, there's, there's an interesting case, and I'll talk about it in a second. All right, we'll come back with that here in a moment. Hang on. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, of course, what's going to stop the cop from grabbing your phone and just doing it? Maybe free talk. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Uh, don't forget, you can join us on again online at freetalklive.com to enjoy features like the mobile site. 
you got a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com, get quick access to our streams and podcast. That's m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. You have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. They know that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, the best equipment money can buy, so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. All right, let's continue here. John, I think, is still with us listening in Tallahassee, Florida. John, are you there? Yeah, you were calling to ask tonight about the uh, the texting and driving situation and uh, the police as to whether or not they could actually take somebody's phone from them uh, and, and look through your texts, look through your data to see what you've been up to. I think they'd have to actually see the person using it in order to make it an actionable offense. No, I don't think they could do it either way. Um, and I, here's, here's the reason. It's illegal to drink and drive, right? Right. But they can't force you to take a sobriety test. Well, they can in some states like Florida, uh, they can force you to take a blood test if they, uh, you know, if they have a doctor on duty or something like that, and you know, standing by, they'll take the blood. But they can't make you blow into a breathalyzer. They can't make you walk the line or anything like that. Um, so I don't think they can actually search your phone. However, in California, I think it was the California Supreme Court, might have been the ninth. Circuit Circus Court of Appeals or whatever it is. Um, I'm not sure exactly which, but I think they ruled that. During an, after you've been arrested, the police can go through your phone. Yeah, they, they have. Uh, Johnson sent me the link here to CNN.com where it is the California Supreme Court that uh, you can indeed have uh, your cell phone searched if you've been arrested. But does that mean that you've been handcuffed or is a speeding ticket considered an arrest? Because normally I've, I've heard that it's considered an arrest when you're ticketed. Right. So if they've got a reason to write you a ticket, does that mean that they have a reason to search your phone too? That's my main question is if I were to be in that situation, which there's no law for that here, but um, would I be okay to deny them access to my personal property, which is my phone? Well, you never know whether you'll be okay when it comes to a cop and what they'll do to you. I mean, you could be with a, dealing with a rogue cop who will decide to you know, beat you up on the side of the road. I mean, you never know whether you're going to be okay or not in refusing to allow I think you can always so. deny. Sure, sure. I think you can always deny your personal property or your person to anybody. Right. You don't consent. Okay. I, I don't consent to searches, period, end of right. story. I do not con- okay, consent well, to searches. I appreciate you guys answering that. I did have one more random question, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. Um, it, it's concerning New Hampshire. You know, of course, I like to take a trip up there and everything, but I was just wondering, for people looking to move there that aren't as well equipped, do you guys have uh, people around there locally that offer, uh, for example, they rent rooms or something along those lines to people? Oh, absolutely. Uh, would need to come up there. Yeah, there okay, are. How, uh, how would I find resources for that? Good question. There are what they call pork houses, which are frequently uh, houses that are owned by porcupines. Porcupine is the uh, the mascot for the Free State Project, so it's kind of an alternative term for people that have moved here as a result of the Free State Project. They they've purchased homes. They may be renting them. There may be rooms available, or in some cases, it's a group of activists that are living together in a home that they are renting, and they've got a spare room that they uh, they're looking to rent out. I know that there happen to be at least one or two rooms like that that are available right now in Keene. Um, so what I'd recommend is there is a, is it portmanor.com? I think there's there's one website that is devoted to this. I know nhmove.info um, has attempted to collect all this stuff together. Um, I know that there's uh, there's stuff at uh, freestateproject.org, and I I thought it was porkmanor.something. But I believe it's I believe it's porkmanor.com. nhmove.info might be a good site. Uh, plus, if you're looking specifically at the Keene area, we've got the the Free Keene Forum. Uh, you can just go to housing.freekeene.com, and that will take you to the specific section of the forum that's all about housing. Frequently, 
people will post an open room that they have there, or somebody who's looking to move might post that they're looking to move and when they're looking to move, and and ask for uh, you know suggestions as to if anything is available. So uh, again, the Free State Project also has a forum over at forum.freestateproject.org. There may be something There's there. There's the Edinch Underground. Uh, is a good forum to go to and talk with uh, a statewide group of people. It's just nhunderground.com. And uh, you go to that, you'll have uh, the top link is to the forum. And that's a okay. good place to, to talk. A lot of the time when you want to come and live here, you actually have to get to know some people. You can't just send one message and expect someone to to lay out the red carpet for you. I think a lot of people <laughs> might have that misconception. But what the idea is is to you're you're pretty much joining the community. So a lot of that is is uh talking with people, getting to know them and bonding and such. Right. So a good idea. But you can be- always move up for the Free State Project by just getting an apartment or whatever. Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> sure you can. I mean you can go and get an apartment from anybody, but it's gonna be more expensive than say getting a room in a house where other people yep. are living. Um, you know, it may not be as plush of an option to just get a room, but it's a good starting point. It's a cheap way to get your your feet wet, so to speak, to get kind of get up here with a low cost of you know a low outlay uh, up front. So I I also agree with what JJ is saying. It's a good idea to come say to forum.freekeen.com and introduce yourself Definitely. and maybe involve yourself in a few discussions. And even better than that is once you've once you've introduced yourself digitally to people. Make a, make a uh, plan to, if you're planning on visiting before you move, I didn't. I just bought my house sight unseen and I moved up here and it worked out for me. But a lot of people come up for a visit first. Uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, of course, is an ideal time to do that. So you'd want to go to, say, the NH Underground or the Free Keen Forum or whatever. Introduce yourself. Start getting active there. That way, when you come up for the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you'll already know who some people are. Yes. And you can say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm going to be coming up and, you know, look for me or whatever. That way... When you come here to Porkfest, because it can be a little awkward, you know, showing up when you don't know anybody at all, uh, and that, that can be kind of difficult. So, m- building some level of bridge via the internet, via the forums, first is a good idea, and, and not being afraid to introduce yourself. A lot of these, uh, I mean, we're, we're all used to new people coming and new movers, new visitors, and uh, we're, we're used to the fact of meeting new people. So sometimes it, might, you know, you walk into a situation and everyone's sort of talking and. And if you just walk up and introduce introduce yourself, say hi, I'm you know I'm a new mover and I, I just want to meet some people around here. People will take the time to talk to you, and as long as you're you're not a jerk or anything, you'll probably get along with a lot of people. I'm not saying you are, but <laughs> right. obviously there's oh we got plenty of jerks. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, I really appreciate it once again, and I appreciate everything you guys do. So thanks hey, very much. Thanks for listening. Appreciate the call. And uh, and also, if you're out there listening on the radio station that only – if you only hear the show on Saturday nights like he does there, call your local talk station and tell them thanks for airing Free Talk Live. Talk to the program director and tell them thanks, and then ask them uh, you know, to take the, the weekday show as well. We're, we're starting to see that happening uh, this year. It's, it's looking like it's going to be a good year for the, the Free Talk Live weekday edition. So 800-259-9231. Uh, any, other, any other comments on the cell phone situation with the the police taking taking well i know if you have a smartphone there are certain programs or applications you can buy that will uh you know like it's an emergency wipe that will get rid of whatever data is there and you have your backup stored off of the phone um and that's just like a one button emergency hit thing Mm. um turning off your phone if it has a password on it i mean there's there's a lot you can do to protect yourself from illegal searches and seizures yeah, passwording and, is certainly a good idea. Yeah, if, well, if you have a lock screen, you can put I, on. I think the best thing in a circumstance like that is a camera. Um, the you know the freedomcam.net, mm, uh, yeah. you know, the the dashboard ca- dash cam, yeah, the dashboard black box dash camera, that whatever thing it's called. Is- 
awesome. Yeah, it's it, it even has infrared for nighttime. So, <laughs> um, if I don't, I can't imagine that a cop can look at your cell phone in order to determine whether or not he can write a ticket to give you an, a, a ticket. You I said can imagine it going there soon. If it says if it's not there right now, I can imagine that happening within a couple of years. Okay, well, um, I I cannot imagine that being the case right now that uh, that they could do such a thing. So, um, you know, can they give you a ticket? Well, I think there's a distracted driving catch-all, just like yeah, disorderly sure. conduct. If sure, they sure. see you waving, weaving at all, they'll just pull you over, try to gig you on a light out. Oh, or if they want to get a you, you're got. Or you know, yeah. Look, the cops are going to do whatever they want to do. A lot of people say, well, they got to follow. No, they don't have to follow any stupid laws. The laws protect them okay yep. you have to understand the cop is going to do whatever he wants and you know i, I want to point out that there was a situation it was a uh, last early last year where a uh, reporter was following a cop that they thought was in, uh, involved in some stuff and uh, he called into the the precinct had uh, the cops pull her over 12 yep. cop cars and not a single one of their dash cams caught the uh, the incident curious yeah, they were all malfunctioning. Yeah, or malfunctioning turned or turned off. It's really, it's really odd. So you know, if you think that that it's that dash cam that's going to keep them from saying, "Oh yeah, it looks like you kick, you got a tail light out here," or you know, whatever it is that they want to do. I mean, they can. I'm not saying they do, but I'm saying that they can. Well, they get away with murder and rape, so why not? Yeah. And as we just read the story, we just read a story tonight about rape. You know, so yeah, that's not that high, accusation that's not is hyperbolic not hyperbolic. Statement. No, it's right. not. So, uh, so yeah, you have to take responsibility and do what you can to protect yourself. And, of course, having a personal video camera or more than one uh, is a good idea. Streaming live to the Internet is also a good idea. And, plus, if they do decide that they want to get you with a texting ticket, go ahead. Take it to court. Exactly. Challenge it. Well, Make them work what, for it. Right. Let's see what they have to prove that you were texting. What, what is their burden of proof in that particular case? How many times has it been taken to court? Ever? Has anyone ever taking a, uh, taken a texting ticket to court rather than just paying it like most people with their tickets? Anyway, we're out of time for tonight. Back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com.